The shy brown fox hopped over the fence. Is that what that one is? When it uses all the letters of the alphabet? Is it not the quick brown fox? The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Hmm. We used all the letters of the alphabet and I'm trying to speak clearly and pronunciate. Where did you get fence from? I don't know. Vagina. That, that's how I pronounce that's it. That's your vocal warm-up? Yeah. Hmm. Lena told me to put a cork in my mouth. And try say the words around the cork. Well, I didn't do it. <laughs> I wonder if we'll be able to keep this pronunciation going and being very eloquent, or if we'll just get too excited and quickly slip back into child abuse. Child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and very uh, like East Glasgow slang. I'm also finding it funny to talk as well because I burnt my tongue today on lasagna when I was eating lasagna, That's and that it. is not a euphemism. <laughs> Was it good lasagna? Oh, it was brilliant. I didn't, I didn't even like lasagna and I made it um, for Lauren finishing work, so she'll probably be about ready to eat it pretty soon. And uh, I expect a text message to say all the things she's going to do to me to repay me for the amazing lasagna that I have uh, created. Which actually wouldn't be that useful because you've burnt your tongue. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode 36. The new... And approved... <laughs> eloquently pronounced Scott and Liam. Today we're going to talk about American Werewolf in London, the John Landis classic from 1981, and the subpar American Werewolf in Paris from 1997. Not a sequel at all. Do you know where they got the idea for American Werewolf in Paris? I do not. Oh, no good. A wee bit of trivia for everyone. When they were getting their British visas to come over to film American Werewolf in London... The British uh, visa board granted uh, John Landis, uh, some of the other guy for the crew, maybe, I, I, I couldn't remember his name, and David Naughton, but they wouldn't grant Griffin Dunes visa. That's the guy who plays his pal. his pal. They said there's plenty American actors over here that'll do it. And then they said, well, you know what? I think we've got to call it American Werewolf from Paris. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. We'll let, him, <laughs> we'll let him come in. And then that's how that that story was out there to the, then let that other fucking guy make this different movie later on but first let's go into London what do you think American Rule from London I realised today when I watched it that I haven't actually sat down and properly watched this movie front to back before I remember what, it ever ever I remember it being on in Aviemore one when I used to go up as a, as a young child I used to go up every every January with my family as opposed to an old child as opposed to when we go up now and for the weekends and get completely shit faced and just destroy our lives for a couple of days well we, I was up as a kid and I remember being in the hotel and it was on in the kind of the lounge where the pool table mm-hmm. was there was a telly and, there was, and it was on in there and all these, all these kids were watching this ridiculously gory movie but I must have been about 15, 16 so I had managed to sneak alcohol with me so I was just too busy trying to get myself fucked up without getting caught so I didn't watch it but I remember it being on then I bought it on Blu-ray thinking I'd seen it before I think I put it on to watch it, never pay attention, until today, and I watched it through, and I'm going to just jump the gun and let you know that I fucking think it is an absolute masterpiece. There's yes. literally nothing I can say wrong about it. I think no matter how many times you watch it now, the practical effects never date. And it's I, so expertly done. Even even if, it, right, okay, maybe look at it and go, right, yeah, it's definitely a plasticine, but I think it's so iconic that me personally, I'm completely fooled that 
this is a guy changing into a fucking werewolf. I think the cuts are very, very clever in the change scene. Um, and, and I think it's fantastic. Amazing. However, I always start my notes and try to figure out things that, I, that maybe that I can think say are wrong with it. So your notes just blank page. <laughs> Pretty much the first thing that they've, the, the, that I've written down here is uh, Northern England first, then Italy. He says, and do they ever go to London? Which obviously I find out later that they do. But I think it's slightly Wicker Man-esque when they go to the pub for the first time, the slaughtered lamb. Yeah, the League of Gentlemen type, like, oh, outsiders. Oh, yeah, local people and things like that. Which I probably do feel that Middle England are like that. Like uh, Yorkshire and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, they're very weird. I wouldn't want me in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I had owned a pub in Yorkshire and someone like me walked in, yeah, I'd fucking make up a story about werewolves and get them out as well. I um, believe that it happens in Scotland as well. I remember a time that Lorne and I went to a spa, some, I can't remember the name of it, the actual wee village. But we went to this wee village and Lorne went into the shop. I was outside, I think, I can't remember if the dog came with us, so I was outside. And Lorne went into the shop and the three women that were talking just stopped talking and just stared at her. She walked around about the shop and came up and the woman said, they're not even the work in there, just a, like a wee gossip. Who are you? <laughs> Excuse me? Are you the woman that, that owned, that's just bought the florist? She's like, no, I'm staying in the hotel up the road. <laughs> He's like, all right. I think, wow, that town is so small that people are that weird. Later on in the pub, there was the guy sitting next to me. the florist. <laughs> guy, there's a guy sitting next to me in the pub who banged out a penny whistle and started playing rebel songs. Or, or maybe the, the opposite rebel songs, like Rangers, bigot songs or whatever. And I was like sitting next to him, thinking it was great, clapping along, and Lauren's elbowing me going, no, don't... Um, <laughs> This isn't this isn't this isn't. When on. they start singing about Irish blood, you can't it's like, have fun singing. Yeah, it's and, and the people in the in the pub either I can't remember if the people in the pub knew this guy, or if he was uh he was like ready to be barred again and stabbed and killed and buried under the patio. Gonna have to slow down. He said people in the pub like a rapper. <laughs> We're going too fast again. Scott. People in the pub. <laughs> people in the pub. Uh, so, did you notice that Rick Mail is the chess player? And I thought, is this the only movie he's in? That he doesn't get like slapped upside the head with a frying pan or a stick. Is that is he in the movie because he was an unknown actor at the time, or is he in the movie because uh, he's like a cameo? Do I know the truth? No. <laughs> <laughs> what I assume is that he's an well, not an unknown actor, but a little a lesser known actor because they would have given him would, a speaking part. Would this have been the young ones by this point? Uh, the young ones were before this. I'm right, sure. so that would have definitely been their um, bottom. But obviously to Americans, yeah. at that time, the young ones wasn't a thing. Or yeah. They didn't really... In 82, nope, the young ones was after this. So that could have been one of his first camera roles then. Well, there you go, that's a good wee fact for everybody. I hope he's happy to have, have um, heard that. How perfectly pronounced it was as well, that fact. <laughs> <laughs> so they get kicked out the pub, and uh, they just start walking through the middle of the woods, like the, the moors, they're in a big open field in the middle of the night. They are given two rules before they walk out the pub. Stay off the moors and keep on the road. And they fuck it. And, and that's when my note written here is meant to be humour, right? When they go, yeah, we just have to stay on the road. Oops. I'm thinking, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> but it, I mean, that's no, it's not a criticism. So then... Um, I think everything we say about this movie, even if it sounds like a criticism... It's more like a, a light-humoured prod because yeah. the movie's fucking brilliant. Let's just keep walking. Let's ride a lovely stroll on the moors. Tra-la-la-la-la. Isn't this fucking... It's in front of us. 
you think it's a dog? So eventually, this wolf sound circles them, catches them, and kills his friend Jack. And then it goes to attack um, David. And the locals have decided to actually go and try and help and have shot the werewolf, which, before David passes out, turns around to see uh, a man in the nude with big shotgun wounds on him. Cut scene, and he wakes up in a hospital, and he's now in London. And you try to tell me there was not a hospital from fucking York to London? Maybe not one adapt at fixing werewolf injuries. Do you want to know what it's like? It's now I know that we can't understand how big America is, like in the terms of fear. If you, yeah. unless you've driven across it, or you can't understand the vast size of it in comparison. But I also don't think Americans understand that the UK isn't as small as you think it is, or are just assuming that nobody will question it because York and London are pretty. F- that's a least a good seven hour drive York's not far away from us one time it was like the first town that William Wallace apparently according to Braveheart reached when they crossed the border one time in America I was on the Greyhound bus for like 32 hours and I wasn't even like halfway across the country yeah it was fucking horrid it was probably the worst time of my life like I would have killed my own mother to get off that bus well I hear there's a lot of um, decent characters at Greyhound stations I no, believe that's where they, they stay. There's not. There's interest. If you want, if you want um, heroin or crack or a baby or your dick sucked, I think a Greyhound station is where to get all those things. And if you want your dick sucked from a heroin addicted baby, <laughs> come to my man cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? See the, the friendship between the two boys? I don't know how true to life it is. Like, see when Jack's getting attacked by the wolf, the other boy just fucking legs it out of the moors he doesn't even hang about to see what it is he just runs yeah and then realises then comes back big hitter question if I was getting mauled would you leg it or would you like stay and try fend off the dog I don't think I would leg it genuinely don't think I would I think I would try and because you're already there you know it's not like it's not you're already you fell on your own backside but it's (laughs) I don't know. I think I would. I think I would stay. I'd stay in help. But then you don't actually know until you're in a situation where a big fucking wolf is mauling your friend to death, whether or not you would run away or not. So, you couldn't just say, "Liam, I would stay and help you and make you feel better." <laughs> You've got to actually try and make it real and give me the. Do you know what? There's a chance until, I might. Until we're <laughs> in that situation, I'm not going to fucking say anything. It's like it's like the joke, isn't it? When they they're in the Serengeti and the, there's a lion coming up. And the boy changes out his boots and puts on his trainers. And his friend says, you'll never outrun a lion than that. He says, fuck the lion, I only need to outrun you. So is that how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I'm glad about that. Um, Jenny Agatha's quite hot, eh? Is that the nurse? Yeah. Yeah, she is. And, as we find out later on in the movie, she's well game. Which <laughs> <laughs> yes. is also good. I like how the doctor wakes him up and says, I want you to prepare yourself. Your friend is dead. I was like, that is not enough prep. But, but then do you also see minutes. that he goes, he starts taking out, kick off, oh no, my friend's dead, oh no, no. <laughs> and then the guy goes, what the hell's wrong with him? You need to stop restraining, you just need to sit down and calm down. I think, honestly, you just stop trying to move the plot along and start being actual <laughs> real people. However, do you know who the guy from the embassy was? I didn't until I watched it this time. And I was like, I recognise that voice. And yeah, I know it's, Yeah, it's, uh, Mr. Collins was played by Frank Oz. 
uh, who was credited, to, well, not cred- credited twice, but technically is credited twice because he's also the voice of Miss Piggy and Kermit and Miss Piggy are credited as the wee clip in America. Which, uh, by the way, from a show that wasn't aired in America, so American fans of the Muppets thought that that was made up, made up for that movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, he was also the voice of Yoda. Yes. Which is just fucking brilliant. I wish I was the voice of Yoda. I don't get it. It turns out I can't. I can't even be the voice of a fucking podcast. <laughs> the voice of ourselves. <laughs> it's, um, it would be quite, I was going to say it'd be easy to be Yoda, but then you're right, we're finding it difficult to even just talk ourselves. <laughs> just talk in our own accents. I think as he's dreaming and his face kind of changes to the before werewolf, it looks a bit like the demon from The Exorcist. Yeah. I think that still looks good. That's yeah, quite no, that a, was quite, quite good. a horrifying he, face. He actually says that is the hard, that was the hardest scene to film. Really? Um, lying on the bed in the in the woods, uh, because of the it was the glass contact lenses they had to use back then, and they were painful to have in. I can't imagine any sort of contact lenses are nice and nice. Well, now that they're very they're very very thin and very permeable, uh, so they, they if you put them in clean hands, if you put them in without tired eyes, then they're they're, they're quite comfortable. I, I don't like the, I don't like anything being near my eyes. Well, some of us don't have the the luxury of not being able to have contact lenses, and some of us eyes just don't work, Liam. <laughs> What, what, what is your vision? Bad. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a number, but fair enough. I like the way in these type of movies, to let us know characters and let the plot develop, it seems like there's only one doctor and one nurse that work in this hospital 24-7. And the nurse doesn't actually do anything. Except force feed them. sit and yeah, read them stories and shit like that. What I actually kind of questioned my tolerance for suicide in this, when I was watching it, I went... If I had to stay in a hospital for those three weeks with those fucking curtains, I'd kill myself. <laughs> I don't think I'd dispute it. I, I was just thinking, no, nah, I think that would be what would drive me to suicide. What, the design on them? Yeah, the fucking horrible brown curtains that look like flowers, but they're not flowers. It's, it's a bit of a pattern, but it's not really fooling anyone. And I went, no, nah, do you know what? I'd, I'd just... I'd they would have came it. out the, the 70s and the, the, everybody knows 70s fashion was amazing. The curtains The browns and oranges and creams. Not if they're literally going to drive me to suicide. Not even the hot game for it nurse would help me. I'd still just go, do you know what, fuck it, I'm done. Fucking curtains. <laughs> I like a nice pair of curtains. And again, that's not an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> just like to gently open the your nice pair of curtains. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, but back to me saying before about how uh, the size of the UK, does the doctor just casually drives from London to the Moors just for a jaunt, just to go to that pub? There probably wasn't as many road in the, roads in the 70s. So it's still as, still as long. I bet you could, like, you used to be able to drive from Glasgow to Blackpool in like an hour because there was no traffic, there wasn't that many roads and there wasn't that many cars. And now it takes you like fucking 12 hours. That's not true. Where, where, where are you going? <laughs> To be honest, any time I go anywhere, I end up on a ferry. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I go, I could go from here to fucking Carlisle and I would end up on two ferries and I don't know how. Go via the new. I'm pretty sure the sat nav set up to only go ferry routes <laughs> and I don't realise that until I'm at the dock and I'm like, Lena, we're going on our fucking ferry. I've spent hundreds of pounds in the past year on ferries that I didn't need to go on. <laughs> And between that and ugly curtains, I am close to suicide. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets discharged from hospital. Clearly, 
having some kind of mental problems, dreaming, hallucinating, freaking out, but they still tell him, right, time, time to leave, time to go back home, to which she then invites him to stay with her, because she's gagging for it. Absolutely choking for it. And she as much as tells him as soon as she walks in the door. I think she shags seven guys, three of them are one night stands. But she says, I, I don't actually know what I'm trying to say. You're trying to say you are absolutely frothing and you are well up for it. And yet, we still don't get any Jenny Agatha boobies. Oh, there is a, a sexy shower scene, which mm. just kind of came about out of the blue. Yeah. But you only see her back. Yeah. Which, you see enough of David Norton's wanger though. I, don't think you did. I thought he covered it quite they, well. They, they try and cover There's a couple of scenes where you see see it swinging about, but it Wait, was from poison. it was it was in the distance because John Landis had to be careful about having him full frontal in it because they make the line about him being Jewish and the nurse had a look at his circumcised penis, whereas David Norton wasn't circumcised, so that would have tied up. So that's why he had to not show his... You'd think he would have done the Joey Tribbiani thing from Friends. Like <laughs> he makes out of plasticine and meat. <laughs> That's gonna be the, that's the first of two friend references I'm gonna make in this episode. Oh really? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and try I'm, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna try and preempt your friends if I feel it coming. I'm gonna try and preempt it before you get there. Just preempt it. I'm gonna edit your preemption <laughs> out and come in with mine. So the practical effects in this are you entire at, film. Are you at the change scene? Uh, probably. Are you not at the no, change I, scene? No, I'm at it. Yeah. Right. The practical effects are. Fucking tremendous. Everything about that whole scene is brilliant. See, even so just good. leading up to it when he gets back in the room and he's walking about and you've got Bad Moon Rising playing, you know it's coming. Aye. And because that cause I had I obviously knew loads about this movie, but I couldn't remember watching it all the way through. I was like, I know it's coming. I know <laughs> that's the room, I know that's the clothes he's wearing, and I was just waiting for it, and it was uh, it was fantastic. Did you know that they created the makeup award at the Oscars because of this movie? Because of this, yeah. For Rick Baker. Yeah. Who also did the makeup for Men in Black. Oh really? And fucking hundreds of other things Men in Black was the first one I seen he had actually John Landis was wanting to write American Werewolf in London for years or he had wrote American Werewolf in London he wanted to make it for years and he had Rick Baker on uh, the team who had worked out all this, these prosthetics and different things and he was sick of waiting and he agreed to do The Howling which I actually liked I liked mm-hmm. The Howling I thought it was good and then John Landis phoned him up and says okay we're ready we're going to shoot Werewolf in London and he says well I'm already doing this one and he shouted at him in probably quite colourful language and told him to come back to which he did he just served as a consultant for the Howling and he came back and done American Wheel from London but apparently John Landis never forgave him even though he won an Oscar for his movie even though he won an Oscar for his movie I think there are two big hitters and I keep saying the phrase big hitters it's my new phrase hmm. uh, Tom Sabini and Rick Baker I think any movie that has special effects by either of these guys I know I'm going to love Yeah. even if the plot's not there if the story's not there if you have something that's made from fucking household items that oozes and blows up I'm going to like it I mean everything about the, the scene I think the, the change scene was, was edited as well so brilliantly that I mean obviously you could tell that it was animatronics and prosthetics and models but it also looked like David Norton at the same time yeah. because of the cuts and changing to different parts of the body changing mm-hmm. it was like that really works yeah definitely and when Jack comes back from the dead ah uh-huh, yeah his all his dead cut, body and stuff fucking brilliant man so then we move on to his werewolf causing havoc shall we say around uh, around the town and this is where we come up to 
learning about fucking women. They always make you do the dirty work. The couple that's waiting for the other couple to come to the dinner party. Oh, there's, there's hooligans in the park. Go and check. And the husband's to go and check. I, I thought you meant this is where we learn about like physically fucking women. <laughs> so I've missed that scene. <laughs> is that the shower scene? But just before that, when the guy is like, why don't we sneak around the back and scare them? And she says, oh, you're so crazy, Harry. Like, is that what crazy is in the 70s? Those four people looked as if they would be so much fun. I say 70s, 80s. But punk was in the fucking 70s. Punk was crazy. Sneaking around well, the punk, back. Well, punks exist because they were on the train. They and, were on uh, the train. They were surrounded by punks on the train. I think that's later on, but it doesn't matter. Surrounded by punks on a train to which David Norton's behind one of them making faces. They're surrounded. <laughs> this is like nearly as bad as that scene in Green Room where they sing Nazi punks fuck off or whatever. Nazi punks go die and they don't get killed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this, that should that should have been the end of it there. So he's killing everybody in the community. Um, then you know when it goes to the homeless men at some kind of car graveyard. That doesn't look London at all. When there's got a fire in the wee holy bin, the bin with all the holes in it, and I'm thinking that's just very Americanized homeless depiction. The, the the guy had a bottle of booze and a brown paper bag as well. They don't sell brown paper bags here unless you're buying mushrooms. And UK homeless people, somebody would get raped, and they'd probably be a needle. Yeah, as we say, there'll be needles. They would all be yeah. smackheads. And it'd be like a Ford Escort on fire rather than a holy bin. And they don't stay out the way either. They they, well, they go get to Regent Street. Yeah, they yeah. live where the people are. <laughs> I want to be where the people are. I want to be where I can steal their money. Nah, they're just keep begging. They're not stealing. <laughs> What's your favourite werewolf movie? Of all time? Yeah. Not including this? Or including this. What, well, this? Really? Yeah. Of all time? All I don't films. know. <laughs> Why, what are you getting at? Don't look at me. I'm just asking. Dog soldiers is good. Look at me with that. People say gin- ginger <laughs> snaps is good, but I've never seen creepy it. Creepy sexual gaze. I thought you were getting at something. I thought there was maybe a, a movie that I was forgetting or missing. No. Not everything has got a hidden agenda, Scott. What's your favourite werewolf movie? Don't know. I've never really thought about it. Oh, well, do you know? That seems as <laughs> if you're pretty unprepared for this. <laughs> the, the Lon Chaney, The Universal Monsters, because I love the Universal Monsters. The original one, where it looks like a man way just hair stuck to his face yeah yeah that's probably my favourite one I don't think I've seen that one but I do like the uh, We Rose of London song because you don't believe in black and white I don't you're a racist uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we we see we follow on he's got to kill more people he's now in the subway and some guy's making an arse of running away in the subway he's mm. tripping up and he's when he gets to the escalator and he just throws his suitcase and face plants the stairs yeah. I also think that that is an American subway with British stickers put up on it because there was posters for Wendy's. Now, I don't know if we ever had Wendy's, but I don't think we did. I don't remember seeing the posters in the movie, but I did think it was just like a London subway. So it would make more sense for them to have just changed the subway signs to say Tottenham Court than change all the advertising posters. Oh, no, well, probably because it's obviously been viewed in America. They maybe just got fake posters up to hit an American audience. So maybe like maybe maybe it's actual advertising like paid yeah, for welcome. by Wendy's, right? All right, okay. Welcome to real life. Okay. Oh, but the taxi driver before this is Bricktop from Snatch, and again I didn't realise it until I was watching it, and I was like, oh shit. I don't think I've seen Snatch, all oh. the way through. I don't like gangster films. They don't really get me. You are a mug, <laughs> absolute mug. Um, is it true that you, if you're a pregnant woman, see those police hats that they all wear, like the big round. What are they called? Fried egg? Scrambled egg? 
Is it? What is it? It's I don't know. Poached it egg. Like a bucket. Yeah, the bucket with the spike on top. Right. Yeah. If you're a pregnant woman, apparently, if you really need the toilet, you're allowed to take the hat off and pee in it. Yeah. And a policeman must give you it. Yeah, that's is that true. Yeah, it's true. Right. Is it definitely true? It's 100% true. If you are a pregnant woman and you see a policeman who still has one of those hats with a little spike on it that stays sticking into the grass so it stays stays upright, um, you can take his hat forcefully from him, stick it in the ground and then urinate in his hat in public. Uh, you don't need to ask him. So if anyone is visiting London just uh, and is pregnant and needs to go, then just try it. Even if you if you're not bursting, just I think you need do to, it. You need to be pregnant. Oh, you need to. Oh yeah, you need to be pregnant. That is the one stipulation. But surely that law still stands now that just a normal police hat you can piss in if you're pregnant and a lady. Yeah, I think so. And then it, I wonder if there's a stipulation for how pregnant. I mean, heavily pregnant. Then you, there's no question you're definitely pregnant. But if you just found out you're one two weeks pregnant, you don't want to tell anybody yet because you've not had your three month scan, but you know that you've missed your period. Then you'd just be like, "Can I piss in your hat? I'm pregnant." <laughs> Do you think there's a way that if you just really wanted to, you could get drunk, piss in a hat, and then? If they were going to take you to court for it, you could just go out, be like this nurse, just get fucking knocked up right away. So by the time the court case came, up oh, pregnant, and get away with it. I'm pretty sure they'll be able to time and tell you whether or not you were pregnant at the time or not. I don't know if they would. I think they would. Mm. So he wakes up after causing all this havoc in the zoo in the nude. Yep. I hate when that happens. Hey, me too. Uh, he hides behind a bush and shouts on, Little boy with the balloons. This is the most pedo scene I've ever seen. <laughs> he offers him two pounds. Two pounds, two pounds to get his balloon. And I said, that that child is a fool. He could easily have held him out for a five. Oh, he could definitely got a five. And back got, then, and, yeah, he never got it as well. He just stole his, stole his balloon, licked his balloon not and ran away. You're like, fucking crazy. <laughs> so he gets back to the nurse's house, back to Alex's house. And he says, I woke up naked in the zoo. And she just laughs. Didn't question why he was at the zoo. Doesn't put connect the dots to all this stuff going on. Think Just about it. quite happy if to have you, a if you rabid up, sex machine back. If you woke up and said to Lorne, and I said to Lena, I woke up naked in the zoo. What do you think they would do? They're not going to be that outraged because the nick that we have been in sometimes. I think they would just be like, "Are oh, you guys are fucking idiots?" Uh, well, I think. Not that we're mental and we never do anything like that, but we do. Sometimes you just up. have those nights, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think they would be that surprised if we had woke up and made up that story. It's, yeah, well. As opposed to just getting knocked back from the cat house and just crying under Central Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the, mo- the most likely scenario. So she gets a phone call from the doctor to say, bring him to the, stu- like the, the hospital right now. And she says, right, okay, we can do that. They get in the taxi. That's the driver right. from Snatch. okay. He tells him about the murders, to which David then freaks out, jumps out the taxi to find a policeman to arrest him. He clearly doesn't get that going to the hospital is just the same as going to the police because the doctor's already phoning the police. Yeah. It would happen he'd be getting medical help plus police help or getting arrested. But, you know, either way, it doesn't matter. He's still got to not kill people because that's what he wanted. He was guilty about the killing, mm-hmm. shouting that um, the Queen's a man and that Prince Charles is a faggot. Jay uh, Churchill was something as well. Just full of shit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and he doesn't get arrested. So is this when he runs away and runs into the sexy movie uh, theatre? Yep, and meets Jack with a lot of the other uh, victims of the werewolves. That's right, that's right. Who, the story goes that he can't, they can't move on while he's alive because he killed them. He needs to kill himself. 
but Jack looks so good there because he's like in he's a severe it. stage of decomposition yeah. and I like that <laughs> I don't mean that in a sexy way that I like <laughs> decomposition I just I thought the effects were uh, really 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 good so he changes again in the in the movie theatre and the guy comes in and just stands and watches him changing to which then this guy like, I think it's the usher of the cinema and he then gets killed he gets yep. ravaged to pieces then the police run in and then they shut the door while he's trying to bash the door to get out and a crowd gathers now I can understand crowd mentality once this crowd started the other people who joined the crowd are trying to see what's going on but the people at the front of the crowd seen there's something mental inside that theatre trying to get out and they're trying to chase out and push out to get it people are stupid it is also just early 80s London. A lot of them are probably just queuing to get into the dirty porno theatre. <laughs> this could be, yeah. <laughs> because the Summer 11 was still just fading out. Yeah. People were still buying like rabbits. As we seen by the, the, the nurses' um, wish to get to it. Yep. So then they find out somebody's reported a disturbance in Piccadilly Circus. A disturbance? There's like 20 car crashes, <laughs> which some of them are brilliant. The wee dummies flying out the windows <laughs> and booking people getting killed left, right and centre and crashed into. It was good. And then he gets gunned down. By some fucking brilliant shooting. Really? Somehow shooting. she manages to push to the front of this crowd that's went down an alleyway. The crowd are still trying to chase after this beast. The police are not being able to uh, hold them back. She gets to the front, manages to get through, which it actually works out quite convincing the way that they all fall over and she pushes through it. It doesn't look fake. Like the police aren't trying to hold... You know how in some movies she, they break through the police line and the police just have to let her go because it's part of the story and yeah. it looks really obvious that they've not really been holding her where this one they, they tripped up and fell over which might have just not been planned but kept rolling you know yeah. that will kind of no health and safety back in those days and she runs through and gets to the front finds the wolf down the, the alleyway who relents slightly when she says that she loves him as if she's still speaking to David as if he's still mm-hmm. inside uh, her and then they make he's as not if, inside her no sorry <laughs> not anymore she's, she wishes <laughs> that was earlier as if uh, he's still inside the, the, the beast. It makes as if it's going to lunge at her, and then boom, boom, it gets shot. I don't know how they managed to curve the bullets round about her. I think they're in that Angelina Jolie movie we uh, wanted when they can curve bullets, but it was some fucking brilliant shooting. It's a good kind of warning not to pass out a policeman's heart if he can curve bullets around you, or around people in front of you, and get you. But then we see, cut back, and then we see David back in his nakedness with gunshot wounds all over him and he's dead and then it kicks into that uh, Marcel song and it's just I did it right fucking brilliant three exclamation marks every song in this film has moon in yeah. the title it's just everything about it it's like uh, like I say I don't think I'd ever watched it properly start to finish before but the, this movie is a true masterpiece the acting the story the makeup the soundtrack it probably is I'd put it in my top do I want to say 10 do I want to say 15 right now I'll say my top 15 movies of all time yeah I don't know I've not ranked my top but for this movie I'm certainly going to give it a 10 uncircumcised willies out of 10 10. 10. This movie, is I'm this giving it a 10. Is your first 10 bomb? I think it's my first 10. That is... Ah, man, I'm impressed with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 9. Because, well, for no reason at all, I just don't want to drop a 10 bomb at the same time as you. <laughs> but I also found the new way to do this podcast. Uh-huh. Is that you read your notes, and I'm just going to keep throwing your curveballs. Because the look you give me anytime I say something totally unrelated <laughs> to what's on your page 
it really fucks you up. Cool. You, you, yep, you ruined my, you derail my thought train. Sweet. We're doing quite well with the pronunciation. I hope so. I hope people are still understanding what we're saying. I'm really trying. A vagina. Maybe reset it. Vagina. Big floppy penises. Think so. Yep. I'm going to get can and then we, you keep talking and right. we're going into American Werewolf in Paris, which I think may be an R10 bomb. <laughs> oh, that's um, crazy talk. <laughs> oh, I think you actually got to leave the room. No, no. I forgot you've got a fridge at hand. <laughs> so, American Werewolf in Paris. Yep. From 1997. Yep. Directed, directed by, by Anthony Waller. Who? Who? He's he directed four or five movies in his life and all of them shit. Are shit. <laughs> is he dead? I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's uh-huh. on I don't know if he's on Twitter, but we'll we'll send it to him anyway and see if he listens. I don't think he deserves to die because he's moving. No, he doesn't shit. deserve to die because of his movie. I hope he's this, still alive. This is his biggest movie. Mm-hmm. By looking at the four or five that he'd done, I can't remember if I'd recognise any of them, but I didn't care to write any down, so none of them impressed me. There was one with Bill Pullman. He's called, also like, made some like, shit movies, so that doesn't say much. Finally, get round to watching Lost Highway. I've been wanting to watch it for mm-hmm. like fucking ten years because Nine Inch Nails, and I finally get round to watching it. And every other David Lynch thing, I watch and I feel, do you know what? It's shit. I don't get it. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed Lost Highway. I enjoy David Lynch movies. I I, I don't try and understand them. I don't try and be <laughs> I enjoy a, them for what they are. Intelligent enough. I mean, Lost Highway. You get three quarters of the way through the movie and everybody just changes character. And you're like, what the fuck the hell is going on in this movie? Oh, I googled what the fuck was happening. I didn't understand <laughs> it off the top of my head. But so, American Werewolf in Paris. It is pretty shit. <laughs> it starts off with three American tourists in France, and they are on the Daredevil tour and they're talking about some nonsense chat on the train about scoring points uh, for the Daredevil things they do and scoring points for the girls they hook up with and sex points. You get to see that two friends are kind of what you would maybe call jocks or more outgoing or more laddish, would you say, like yeah. uh, than the other one who's the more soft, sensitive type and he's our main character. The next thing you see is they break into the fucking Eiffel Tower. But who, who's rating those points? Like, who's who's the score leak? Like, just I don't know. Just the, the guy who pretended to be gay and friends is. Um, oh, you motherfucker! Oh! Mother I Prince love you, dude. He has a girlfriend. He's yeah. also in Rat Race. Oh yes, yeah, so he was. I is the guy. He couldn't talk in that one either, could he? No, he could, but he'd, he'd about like you, his tongue was all gammy. <laughs> Obviously, he could. He'd pierced. been eating loads of lasagna as well. Yeah, he just ate lasagna. I can't believe you just ruined. <laughs> the only thing I had for this full episode was make two references to friends, and then people will think that you you don't just go off in tangents, and you just <laughs> fucked it. So thanks. Anyway, I've been to the Eiffel Tower at night, and it's mobbed. It's always fucking mobbed. Yeah. This movie's not realistic. No. Because there's nobody there. I've been to the Eiffel Tower twice in my life and never been up it because it's so bloody busy. We went underneath it once and we'd, we had, obviously it's on dodgy, we had a bottle of wine and then I started getting like severe bowel issues, like to the point that I was trying to find a bush, I was like, I'm going to shit myself <laughs> in the Eiffel Tower, ask Lena. I was like, really, we need to go back. And she's like, no, we can't go back, we're here under the Eiffel Tower, let's enjoy it. I was like, I swear to God, I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> I walked up and down, trying to get any bushes, but it turns out next to the Eiffel Tower, there's lots of rats and homeless people <laughs> in bushes, and I could not find a comfortable bush where I could just let it go. And 
I've not been back since. <laughs> and I, I, hand on heart, that's a true story. And I've never shat myself in any other place. <laughs> but there, I thought, this, it's and, happening. And did you shit yourself at the Eiffel Tower? No, we you managed get, to, we get to get someone. a taxi. I had to get out. And like that way, I was shouting up the stairs <laughs> in the hotel. I Is that the way that you, you, your brain starts to tell you that you're close enough that your body starts you to just start, start letting go? You just start letting go. <laughs> you can get your jeans off, yeah. Yeah. Fucking good pair of Calvin Klein's wasted. <laughs> so they're on, they're travelling through um, Europe, it would seem. Yes. Because I think they, they've been to Spain, they travelled from Spain up to, into France on this Daredevil tour. Now, they get to the top of the Eiffel Tower and the two other guys start drinking wine that they've bought. <laughs> and get our sleeping bags out. Our main guy starts pulling bungee cords for his bag. Where the hell is his clothes? <laughs> You went backpacking around the world. Do you manage carrying bungee equipment with you everywhere you go? No, but my bag was very small because I hardly changed clothes. Much like these guys, because the two pals throughout the whole film don't fucking change. Because <laughs> <laughs> the bag's full of fucking bungee equipment, that's why. But his pal says to him, oh, like, oh he's never going to go through with it. If you've just carried heavy-duty bungee equipment broken at the Eiffel Tower broken at the Eiffel Tower and got to the top, if you don't fucking bungee jump <laughs> off it, there's something severely wrong with you. <laughs> so, they hear somebody coming, and then they see some other person who's broken into the Eiffel Tower, and she comes up, puts a note in her pocket, and jumps off. To which she comes out with the worst acted, so unintense, with no urgency, no, wait, stop, you know? <laughs> to which she decides that, yeah, no, fuck it, I'm still going to kill myself. To which he decides to jump off the fucking building after her. With what? one foot tied to his bungee equipment, only one foot, already there you've got a logistical, physical nightmare. That's got to pull your legs off or break your <laughs> right up the pelvis. I think the, the original logistical nightmare is if that you bungee jumped off the Eiffel Tower, you would bounce back and bounce straight into it, breaking your face, <laughs> breaking your, breaking everything. It couldn't work. You need a platform. Well, this does not get any better because his two friends turn around and realise that oh no he's forgot to tie the rope to the to the building so they grab it at the last minute manage to hold it while it stretches under two people's weight because he's managed to grab her it stretches to its full capacity and she lands just safely on the ground while he zooms away back up fist pumping and going yeah and then batters off the side, batters of, off the side of it smashing his head it means he's actually like he's measured the Bible tower he knows the size of rope he'll need and he's brought that because if you go to any bungee jump they take your weight and they've got the size there none of this would make sense even if somebody did genuinely want to bungee jump off Eiffel Tower there's far too much planning three <laughs> idiots on a train can he do who've been tanning the wine just two minutes before it <laughs> who've been tanning the wine on their sleeping bags <laughs> but they were tanning the wine in the train as well weren't they so they must be steaming by this I, point as well I actually did at this part, I mean, I've fucking seen this before. I thought I was watching it fresh for this. I said, I've seen this. Unless there's another movie out there where a guy bungee jumps off the Eiffel Tower I don't know. to it, save a woman from suicide. It was at this point that I also said, this movie's a fucking joke. <laughs> so what the hell's going on in here? <laughs> the French girl, Julie Delpy, actually admits that the only reason she'd done this was to pay for her rent. Me, personally, I'd have just, like, just let the room go. How much do you get, <laughs> do you think you make for a movie like this? Uh, I can imagine it's quite substantial I always assume that people in movies like when you see the guy who directed this has only made five movies he would assume that his career as director has he made enough 
in those five movies to sustain no, himself no. since then. He's probably like a, a green grocer. They were spaced out maybe four or five years each. Nah. So you think he's got a second Especially job? Especially if I'm not heard of Yeah. I think the background constantly looks like it's a dodgy green screen. Oh, yeah. Like when they're outside the house, when they're up the Ivo Tower, it's constantly like, yep. they're just in a studio somewhere. It's, it's pish, it really annoyed me. I think this movie, it's almost like the start to Hostel. You know, when you hear the kind of dodgy uh, European accents and things. Uh-huh. We don't like Americans, you know, that kind of thing. And it's it might, you can see where maybe Eli Roth has maybe taken inspiration and then done Americans in Europe finding weird situations and done that much, much better. Yeah. I think it's hard to do it much better than, like, the way the way this movie paints Americans is that they're obnoxious and borderline retarded. Well, that's how they paint themselves. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you know, I mean, all we can, I mean... Well, I shouldn't say that in the episode that we're, like, pronouncing things because this is the episode Americans may actually listen to. But they also know that I love them very dearly and I love their country, even if yeah, Donald Trump do. is about to, um, <laughs> fuck it up. Uh, at, the, at the cafe... He pulls out Sam from his top pocket and like 10 condoms fall out. Oh my who? god, that whole cafe scene was so shit. Who could, who could use more than one condom a night? After one, I'm fucked. <laughs> there's, there's, it takes hours to recharge. There's no danger. I could keep going like a fucking god. <laughs> I can't, there's so, much, so many things that happen in that scene that I'm like... I mean, I know it's billed as a horror comedy, but I'm like, this is just... When he says it's bubblegum, and she says, right, well, <laughs> the bigger the bubble, the more the guy likes a girl, and he blows it up, and it's in the shape of a big condom dick. I actually like that scene. I thought that was And it blows into the guy's soup. <laughs> and then that's why he comes to, to batter her. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. The movie moves along, and you find out that she is the werewolf. And it's travels along the same kind of lore and mythos that the first movie started and that a werewolf needs to die for the curse to end or you know something like that. so she's trying to kill herself because she's fed up of killing people in the full moon because she may end the curse for anyone she's bitten or however that works he has known her for barely a day and they go to this club she starts throws him through a, a wall into some kind of sewer starts screaming at him and throwing bricks at him and he's still asking oh, 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 hey, what's, what's the matter I, if okay. a bird starts throwing bricks at you you bail he went there thinking she would be there and another guy breaks her out of the cage Yeah. so she goes out to try get him away Yeah. but at the same time yeah if a bird throws <laughs> bricks at you yep she would be in jail <laughs> <laughs> why every werewolf movie why do they have to go through the same tropes the I don't want to be a wolf I'll lock myself up every movie like the American Wolf in London does it this does it the Highland 1, 2, 3, 4 9, 12, 18 all of the movies do it whereas if this is meant to be a sequel right we know all that we know what can kill a wolf we know why there are wolves we know how you all feel do something different with it obviously yeah. this movie wasn't going to because it's a crock of shit oh. but I don't understand why every other film just follows the same formula. i tell you what's better in this movie than there was in the first one. What? Tits. <laughs> How do you grab a guy's attention? Get your tits out. Get your boobs out. But then, I, I, I couldn't really I follow like, that scene. Was I that, feel uh, like that's was, such a, a comment for Trump's America. Yeah. Was that a... I mean, was that a dream? A hallucination? I couldn't, ever, I couldn't work no, that I scene out. I think it was really... She told him... Uh, 
to grab them so he would calm down. Yeah, but then she, then she walks in and he's got his eyes shut, pretending to feel them and howling like a wolf, and she comes in with tea or the the blood juice, and he's like, oh oh, I was having a dream. Oh no, see, I thought I thought it didn't actually happen. No. Whereas I don't get that. If somebody told me to cut their boobs, I'd I'd, I'd freak out more. I'd got nervous and sweaty and <laughs> that doesn't calm me down. Put yeah. the boobs away and tell me that I can't ever see boobs again and I'll calm down. Because she climbs on top of him, she straddles him and then strips off the top and then sticks her hands on his boobs. I'd be like, well, you know, now you've got me uncomfortable because my erection's poking up against <laughs> through these covers and, you know, trying to get in. <laughs> it's knocking at the door here. This is when we find out that her mum has died and I believe, I can't remember, I didn't. I've genuinely paid less her attention. Her mum is meant to be the nurse from American Rural from London. Her dad is... The wolf in London, so she lives with her mum and her stepfather in France. That's meant to be the connection. Fuck you, Anthony Walker, <laughs> or whatever the fuck your name is. <laughs> that, that is genuinely that's meant to be. Connected. Is that meant to be? The, I was when I was watching that. I was one. I was like, why the hell is the mum getting an English accent? I don't understand. It's the, the mum's the nurse. She's the werewolf child of the werewolf from London. So you were assuming that because David from London impregnated. Alex before the nurse she, before be- he gets killed before he went to the porn she moves cinema. to Paris gives birth to a, a werewolf daughter yep and then and also it was only that movie was only 16 years before this so that French girl should only be 16 <laughs> and if you're about to throw yourself off the Eiffel Tower for being a werewolf at 16 oh man <laughs> there's been a lot of a lot of problems there she's clearly like 28 oh it's been a tough life but then I suppose when you're changing into a werewolf every, every month it would um it would take its toll. No, but if you drink like children's blood, you get younger. Here's uh, a question. You drink children's blood, you get younger? Yeah. Is, that, is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he runs out of the, the, the building, I think. He runs out of the house at this point. Once he sees the, the dead mum ghost, he runs out of the, the, the house. A wee weird man's watching him while he's walking his dog across the street. Stares at him running out of the house. That's the detective. I think it was just no. I think it was just a dog walk. Describes just a dog walker. We fat oh, guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, so our guy comes out, runs down the street. His friend put, jumps out the bush and shouts him, who he who's he would is definitely an earshot. Shouts them, oh wait wait wait! The guy keeps walking away. One of the other bad guys grabs him behind the head and grabs covers his mouth and kidnaps him back into the house. Are we to assume that this dog walker is watching that as well and doing fuck all about it? Yeah. Yes, that's what we've to assume. <laughs> What's your favourite colour? My favourite colour? Yeah. Yellow. Cool. I'm just going to keep throwing you off. Poo Willie Fussy. Poo what? Poo Willie Fussy. What the fuck is Poo Willie? This is what he calls the wine. This movie's a joke. But then I think it's meant to be. But this is when he meets the um, the girl who they refer to as the bimbo. Um, it's Virginia from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, her character's so sh- I think I've read somewhere as well. Like, she's such a cheap, paper-thin character... It's it's so rubbish. She doesn't. She's more fit. turned on. The more like outlandishly more... bad and rude yeah. and horrible he is, getting drunk in the restaurant and smashing thing up, and also hallucinating. So the more insane he is, appears to be. They go to the cemetery. This is when the uh, the detective watches them <laughs> in the cemetery. They go to the cemetery, lie on top of an actual grave. Jim Morrison's grave. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, God, I, f- I missed that. Says, right. oh, I like Jim Morrison. Right, okay, I guess, I guess it makes a little bit more sense that they've planted candles all over the place to have sex uh, on Jim Morrison's oh, To me, that's... Blasphemous. Why Why can you have that in a movie? Oh, let's just go and fuck 
atop Jim Morrison's grave. Did, did, so you didn't assume that they went to a shop to buy the candles first as well? I can imagine his grave is constantly... Getting fucked on. <laughs> no, I can imagine it's constantly sounded with candles. And people fucking. And <laughs> people fucking. Jizz so everywhere, just they, all over Jim they, Morrison's grave. They probably had to bring a lighter and light the candles that were already there. People will probably light candles at the grave quite a lot. Clean up the jizz and the vagina splooge. I didn't know people wanted to fuck on Jim Morrison's grave. I love the doors. I love Jim Morrison. I have a complex about even thinking about sex outside because people who are watching it freaks me out. (laughs) The idea of going to fans to have sex in Jim Morrison's grave. Fuck off. Start being more realistic for my autistic self. None of this is real to me. Yeah, they they could have easily went to like a wee hotel room. And sex in there. And sex in there. And sex in there. <laughs> the verb. Sex. So, the change scene. There isn't one. It's just fucking CGI. Shite CGI. Crappy CGI. And uh, and then, they give you this effect on the camera from inside the wolf's eyes that would suggest the wolf can see fuck all. It's, <laughs> it's blurry and like a heat sensor or something. You can actually see a wee bit. I think it's just your eyes to make it look like you can see <laughs> fuck all. I watched it. I streamed it on a laptop. So oh, yeah. I didn't really watch it on... I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pay for this bullshit. How long have you had glasses for? My whole life. What's your favourite colour of frame? I don't have a favourite colour of frame. Nah, I just put up with it. <laughs> so, she's almost killed, I think, by the werewolf here, or she's getting chased around the, the graveyard when the detective comes out and shoots his gun and scares the wolf away, and she goes, Oh, you cured my hip- hiccups. Like, Fucking really? <laughs> That's the line that they thought they should put in for this character? There's nothing good about this whatsoever. It's so 90s and not good 90s. It's like The Mummy without uh, with Brendan Fraser. It just doesn't know what it wants to be. See when he's going through all the tombs at the end? Yeah. It's fucking garbage, man. They get to the end of this movie. Um, there's a shitey twist which reveals that he was supposed to kill her to save himself or to stop the, the werewolf line. But it turns out she wasn't the one who bit him. It was some other guy. It was Claude. So, there's a happy ending in which one of his friends has managed to survive. They're at the top of some other building, which it's the, it's the uh, Statue of Liberty. There's no fucking spoiler about that. They're again attached bungee jumps by one foot each. They're getting married. There's nobody conducting the ceremony at the top of this fucking thing. And his friend accidentally drops the ring off the side of the, the Statue of Liberty. So the two of them dive off to catch it. He goes down and then they see it and he managed to catch it and put it on her finger as they're falling down. Oh my God, once again, one of the fucking idiots has forgot to tie the rope to the top of the Statue of Liberty. He dives to try and catch it. It falls out and you think, oh no, what's happened? To which you go and see them, they're in an embrace, kissing, and they go bungee jumping back up. There is no way the physics is not possible that he would be able to carry both of them when they hit the bottom. If she's not tied to the rope, be elasticated all her weight is still going down so she's at least bending backwards her feet are still going towards the floor she's still she's just cuddling them as if the two of them are attached to a rope it's completely improbable impractical and just fucking downright an insult to the people watching the movie that you would suggest this would even be how it ended it's also a different ending from my DVD what happens in yours does she die can I tell me she dies in the hospital and there's a wee baby and at the very end the baby has werewolf eyes and they've both had a new werewolf Maybe. I think I like that one even less, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, so, two um, impossible bungee jumps out of ten. I don't know if you've got any more to say. Get more to say? Uh, to be honest, there's parts of this movie that I thought, 
This gets a, a, a bad rep. It is terrible. It's stupid. It's improbable. But it doesn't offend me that much. It's kind of light-hearted. And would I watch it again? Probably. Because I don't have anything better to do. Do I think it is a fucking earth-shattering movie that I would put in my top a thousand movies? Probably not. But I don't think it's that bad. It's it's definitely got a nineties feel. There's elements of like I said the mummy before, but it was only because he was walking through a tomb. It's got elements of the feel of um, Buffy and maybe Idle Hands and other movies of that time and period. Yeah. It's just not as good. And when you're comparing it to Werewolf in London, it oh, is yes. garbage, garbage piece of shit. But I understand what you're saying. It is it's fun enough. If analysing it, it's crap. But watching it, eh. So now we've got to the biggest question. Would you rather watch your parents have sex every day for the rest of your life or to have sex, well, like, jump in once to stop it? Uh, how do you answer that question? Is this, so then it's like a, like, a, like a tag team deal, like me and my dad banging my mum? Yeah. Or do I need to have well, actual sex with both of them? American movie from Paris, so you could eyeball tower. Like, properly spit roast your mum and high-five Ivo to her over the top of her. That's, um... That's... The, you know, the only answer to that question is uh, responding like Tina from Bob's Burgers. Uh, no, but you've, you've got to answer I it. don't have an answer that's to that question. Well, what's, what happens if I don't answer? I die? Like, I could cut any, like a million pieces? If you pieces. don't answer, then you have to have sex with them every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, and every morning, I'm going to tell you, she's saying, you've just had to your mum and dad. So you remember. <laughs> so you just need to answer. But uh, you would just obviously just join it, stop it, wouldn't you? That's it, get over with. No, One day. That's, that's disgusting. You would just, just watch them and then you close your eyes. No, you need to watch them. No, you don't. Every day. <laughs> that wasn't Every day for the rest of your life. All you had to do was watch them, but at no point did it say you couldn't have like a pair of... That fuck it, just bounce glasses. in. Uh, no, people have, people have um, had sex with their family before. Fuck, you get guys that, you know, like families that will shag babies and that. And all you, the worst thing you get there is just fucking teenagers and adults that grow up, they have terribly bad personality disorders and they won't eat mashed potatoes because it reminds them of the only thing they ate as a child. Their dad's cum. <laughs> Do you know what I've noticed? They, even if we're trying to pronounce things, every time we talk about child abuse, we speed up. <laughs> <laughs> and every time we talk about being paedophiles, we speed up. <laughs> it really gets the heart rate going. <laughs> Everything else we're fine and we can we can enunciate, but as soon as we start getting into the slang, pedo chat, <laughs> it's gone. Which is probably good because it means less people understand that dark side of it. Yeah, and it's all jokes. Wink, wink. It's all jokes, guys. Mm. Yeah, that's the that was the appropriate use of the wink, wasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose if there ever is a use for a wink, it's <laughs> to wink off pedo jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you watched anything this week? I have watched uh, Don't Breathe. What do you think of it? Uh, it was good. Uh, spoiler alert. I thought the whole um, artificial insemination thing was a bit weak. You could have just, just been a rapist. Yeah. That was brilliant because it's bit, never been done it before. Bit, it was just a bit gross. Yeah, it's me. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, but like gross for gross sake. I also watched um, Whiplash. Whiplash is good. That's fucking brilliant. Really, really good. And I um, started watching Travellers. Seen that? No. Uh, the guy from Will and Grace and uh, Time Travellers. Which one? The gay one or the other gay one? The one who's... I both of them are gay. <laughs> but none of them are really gay. 
you know that? No. Apparently. I didn't watch Will and Grace. Apparently, I, I, I watched it and I enjoyed it. They wouldn't hire an actual homosexual to play one of the two guys because they thought at the time America wasn't ready to have real homosexuals being homosexuals on the television. But nobody can play a homosexual quite like a homosexual. Well, both of those guys are straight. The the more camp one you did maybe question, but then I've not really seen him in real life. But anyway, uh, it's it's about time travellers and it's so far it's quite interesting. It's on Netflix, 13 or so episodes. I started watching Hannibal. Any good? Yeah, I should really, really like it. At first, uh, like, before it, I was like, yeah, it could be good, but I don't agree that, like, a German fucking guy should be playing Hannibal Lecter. Or whatever he, where he's from. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, but is it that not where Hannibal Lecter's from? <coughs> I fucking Beauty know. The books. Anthony Hopkins wasn't German. I know, but I think he was Welsh. Well, anyway, I've been watching it and it's fucking brilliant. Hmm. Uh, did I watch anything else? Can't really remember. Nothing, obviously, to write home about. Any horror news? Or news in general? Fright Fest have changed one of their movies to Raw. The one about cannibals that people keep fainting over. I'm quite I'm interested to see that. I was wanting to see Patient Zero. It was one of the zombie movies, but it was probably the least of the zombie-style movies that was on Fright Fest that I was interested in. It was just uh, um, Stanley Tucci. Tucci? Yep. I don't know how you pronounce that name, was in it, and I do consider him a famous movie star because of his amazing turn in Beethoven. But they took it out, just like they took Cell out last year. Right after tickets went on sale. Yeah. Which I don't really mind, because nah. Cell wasn't that good, and I really want to see this fake and cannibal yeah. movie. I've not seen Cell yet, but you can buy it for £3 already in, in Asda, right. so I'm not it's interested. Not like it. I like John Cusack, I like Samuel Jackson. I like Stephen King. I not like Cell. Mm. But I want to see that, and... Shin Godzilla will be absolutely I'm, Yeah, I'm not really for Godzilla movies, but I watched the trailers of all these movies and the, the Godzilla one looked pretty good. Pretty bad. So I'm looking forward to um, Fright Fest, but I'm not looking forward to having a, a numb behind. I've been Googling like little comfy pillows that we can take with us and use it for our sweet buns. So we, we keep our buns get, sweet. Yeah, we do keep our buns sweet. So, into the conspiracy... History Corner. Oh. So because of this episode, we've decided to do a story about real life werewolves. There's fucking hundreds of them. When you said, oh, find a real life werewolf story, it actually took me a few days to think, well, that's not going to be a thing. Because oh, you'd be surprised. aren't fucking real. But... It seemed that there's actually quite a lot from like the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s when people were batshit crazy, poverty stricken, didn't really have anything else to do and probably believed in this shit. So I found one from the southwest of France in 1603 about the tale of Jean Grenier. Have you heard of it? I have. I am slightly aware of this. However, I did believe it was a woman called Jean. Well, it's a little boy called John. Okay. <laughs> You're not too good at reading. I'm, te- I'm, I'm terrible at reading. I'm almost as bad as I am at speaking. Yeah. So the whole case was that a judge from uh, the Chatelerie and the Barons of Roche Chalet led an investigation in May 9th, 1603, and it was all based on these three witness statements, all of them kind of from little girls, about this little boy 
called Jean Grenet, who used to go and look after the livestock with the little girls, like looking after the sheep, looking after the cattle. Now, it sounds to me that these little girls were just out to get good old John. I think they were just looking after their parents' sheep. Unless he was trying to, like, oh, yeah, let's look after the sheep. Or was he French? I'm not going to try a French accent. Let's look at. <laughs> what accent were you doing? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, let's go look after. No. <laughs> Gee, let's look after the sheep. And uh, when we go to look after the sheep, we can uh, look at each other's bodies and try and see where all the different things fit interlocking into each other. And then, so instead, they try to say, Jean's been shagging us. John. John's been shagging us, which would make them impure and they would never find a proper husband because pff, who's going to touch them then? They decided to pretend that he was a werewolf to try and get him killed. Would that be, would that be a good speculation? Nope. No? Uh, so one of the witnesses... Was 13 year old Marguerite Poirier. Ooh. My French is actually quite good. Yeah. Marguerite Poirier. And she had told about the numerous times she went out with Jean, and he had claimed to her that sometimes he likes to wear his wolf's skin, which he had like a pelt, and just run around the forest and eat. And kid- well, kidnap and eat dogs. You see, because that's fair enough then, isn't it? Because, I mean, sometimes people just like to, you know, wear other... Sk- well, we call it skin. Clothes can be called skin. People like to dress up in other skins and pretend to be someone else for a change, you know? I was thinking more that a child's imagination is brilliant if they put on a skin. Like, maybe they, they do believe they're a werewolf, but... This little guy was generally stealing dogs and drinking blood and then stealing babies. Well, I say, you know, if you've got a dream, you need to go for it. Chase your dreams, people. <laughs> he yeah. said the young boys and young girls, the blood was way tastier than the dogs that he'd stolen. Oh, he was eating babies as well? Yeah, he was eating oh. babies. Of course he was eating, fucking eating babies. Oh, that, that's, that's, a, that's, <clears> a line. The, that's the line. And so she then said that one day she was looking after her livestock. This thing came out of the trees slightly smaller than a werewolf with a head smaller than a werewolf and tried to attack her ripped off her skirt and she beat it with a stick and it kind of backed off and went up on its hind legs because it was obviously a young boy with an erect penis with an erect penis looked menacingly at her and then ran off ah so he couldn't finish the job then he could not finish the job okay so uh, another witness was the 10 year old Gion Gaborio hmm these could all be wrong, but it's 1603, so... It's, who gives a fuck? <laughs> if you know the people and you want to fucking complain, bring it on. Uh, who had said that he'd approached her and asked out of all the shepherd's daughters who was the prettiest. And she asked why, and he said, because I want to marry her. And if it's you, I want to marry you. So she was about... Quite a cocky little fucker, isn't he? Yeah, real cocky. She asked about him. He said he was the bastard son of a priest. Oh. She commented on the fact his skin was slightly red, like he had a bit of a tan colour. And she asked him, like, what, why are you tanned in colour, Jean? And he said it's because of the wolf pelt. That apparently a man who they met in the woods, which was like his dark master, was a, a tall dark man on a dark horse, clearly a paedophile, gave them it. And there's him and there was like 15 other wolves in his coven, or whatever, a brood, with this, this guy who they seen as a dark master. And... Any time he called for him, they had to report to him. So it was like three years later. and It's like Fagan's gang from Oliver. Yeah, really, really like Fagan's gang. But 
slightly weirder and including child rape and Murder. the drinking of blood. Yeah. Mm. So he said that the he had an ointment that the guy gave him that he would rub on himself, wrap himself in the pelt, and he would become a wolf or any other animal that he was. If you if you believe it, who's who's anybody else to tell you that that's not Don't true? Don't drink the blood of babies dressed as a wolf. Well, you know, if, especially now you can get fucking wolf onesies. If you want to. Then don't let anybody tell you you can't do what you want to do. However, just be aware that people may frown upon it and you may go to jail. Well, this little guy, he actually snatched a baby from a cottage once, took it away, so the mother turned back round, the baby was gone, and he tried to eat as much of the baby as he could before he threw it to the other wolves. So, so he's considerate as well. Yeah, 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 slightly considerate. Yeah, the, the, French, the French always are. So he was then basically get brought up. He said that his dad went hunting with him as well. His dad got questioned. They then turned out that his dad was quite dim. Had no idea what his little maniac son was up to. And all the parents and the missing children that had been attacked or killed, all the stories corroborated with this little boy. So they then decided that because his little boy's obviously got severe issues, they would just put him in a monastery. And then, like, fucking 50 years later... He died in the monastery, but they had reported that in later life, they went and got him. His nails and stuff had grown out quite long claws. His eyes had been black. He actually had fangs, and he would just like hide in the corner of rooms and try to attack things like he was a genuine werewolf. But he could also have been genuinely insane. I think he was just insane. Yeah, that sounds the more probable answer. I think... Essentially, all werewolf stories online that say true werewolves, <laughs> it's... About somebody that's fucking batshit crazy. Oh, and, and they all come from times of, you know, witch trials and witch hunting when basically you could just be accused if you, you know, trip over the neighbour's cat. Oh, he's a werewolf! He's crazy! And then you're like, you know, well, I didn't mean to kill your cat when I tripped over it, so don't accuse me of being a werewolf. No, he is, he's a werewolf! Then they would take you away and torture you until you admit to being a werewolf and then they would kill you for it. But at that point, I would think that if back then, if somebody said to me, oh, that guy's a werewolf, and I'm like, well, do you know what? I'm fucked anyway, no matter what I say. So let's just start. Just myself up, cover myself yeah. in wolf skin and just steal babies. and Crazy strangler. Let's just start drinking the blood of children. It makes you look younger. And it's probably, I mean, there wasn't really a lot to do back then in the 1600s, so it would probably make for some entertainment. And it would probably, you know, give all the locals something to do as well. You know, be a bit scared of the, the werewolf legend. And Well, people did still report that there was a creature, like, running around the forest at times and attacking things in the shape of a werewolf. I bet they had a great time reporting that. But surely, to me, a boy, a young boy in, like, wearing a wolf's skin still looks like a little boy wearing a wolf's skin. It doesn't look like a werewolf. Yeah, I think he would need to be pretty, pretty dim and pretty silly and exist in the 1600s to be that stupid. Do you think we should buy some sort of wolf pelt, get a child, wrap him in it, and then just, like, film him from afar and see how much he looks like a werewolf? Or is that bordering on... So where are we getting the child? Is the child getting forced to do such a thing? Uh, no, we would need to catch... If we catch the, the child, we'd need to kind of keep him somewhere, strip him naked, and keep him in the woods, chained up, so he becomes feral, so he starts acting like an animal, then cover him in the wolf pelt, then film him from afar and see what or, he does. Get a child who's actually on board with it. Don't strip him naked. Wrap him in a like fur, and just tell him to act like a dog from far away, 
and just see how it looks because yeah. me personally either, either, either way either way either, <laughs> way either way's fine I read this story and I go that's fucking shit how can you not know it's a little boy attacking folk also how has he got fangs that he can drink the bloody children like well, I, I, I think killing a baby or killing a human and getting the blood out of them it would take more than what a little fucking like 16 year old boy could do you've got to like properly snap yeah I think no I think you could I think you could snap a baby open I don't think you could. I think you could. I think you could snap a human open. I think you could brush the skin with your fingers if you press hard enough. No. I think you could. I think they're like little balls of rubber. You could. I think you could break the skin of a of a, an adult with your hands. I don't think so. I think you could. No, because Chinese burns and stuff just mark. I know because you're not actually trying to rip the skin off someone's. See if you had to get someone to lay on their back and really try and open their stomach like a like a zombie movie, pull their guts open. I think you could do it I eventually. I think you could manage it. They do that thing that you, you put a rat on a belly yeah. put like a bucket over it and heat it up and the rat burrows down. Yeah. But rats have claws. Humans don't have claws. Well, we've got nails. That's good uh, to get I your wee in. I nails right down because I'm perfectly manicured. So. And, and teeth. I think you could do it. I mean, I obviously, we can't legally test that but I think you could do it. There's times I struggle to eat fucking steak. <laughs> to get through the fatty bit. It's well, not human. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone who's who's not a pussy could do it. <laughs> I can't believe the roles have reversed so much that you are now talking about like banging and eating wings, and I'm the one. I'm the voice of reason. It's because when we slow down to have time to enunciate, have a time to think about how I think bad. about what I'm saying, <laughs> and I stop, <laughs> and you don't. Yeah. Cool. So that was the story of a real life werewolf, Jean Grenier. You can find all about it in Google, but that pretty much is it because it was just like. The judges report at the time. Yeah, nonsense folklore. Yeah. Werewolves don't exist. Ah, uh, well, in Lanark there was apparently a Black Panther that was on the list. Mm. And there was Panther Watch. Which but is. It's the same as every story we cover. Yeah. It was probably a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel we've, we've done in our linguistic challenge episode? I think we have done pretty well. I think it's taken us a little longer to get through. However, I bet you're happy with that, getting to hear our voices for longer, and them to be understandable. Yes. So you now, after 36 episodes, realise that we talk absolute shit. <laughs> and it was very, better when you couldn't understand it. <laughs> very little of what we say has any basis in reality. and. But what is reality anyway? That's the question you need to be asking yourselves. 80% it's fake. of it is it's about a hologram. the murder of children. That's that's the that's the that's the imagined world that we live in, people. So if you've enjoyed this episode, and <laughs> Which you, I highly doubt, <laughs> and you have understood us, then let us know. If you've got any feedback for us, good or bad, let us know. You can get us online uh, on Twitter at Scott and Liam Versus. You can get us at Facebook. Just search Scott and Liam Versus Evil. There's a group and a page. Like the page. Join the group. Get involved. You can also follow us on Instagram, Scott and Liam vs. Evil, and you can email us whatever you want to tell us, your movie suggestions. This episode was actually a a suggestion by a listener. He picked both movies, and his name's Gary. No, I'm in real life. He's a good guy, but that second movie I had to watch, fuck you, Gary. Is this wrestling fan, Gary? This is wrestling fan, Gary, yeah. I like Gary. Gary likes wrestling. I like wrestling. I like Gary. Gary likes me. (laughs) It all makes sense. Uh, so email us uh, your suggestions for future episodes uh, to Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail.com and if you don't then go fuck yourself <laughs> if you want us to slow down even more then technically you want us to stop so we can't do that <laughs> so I-, I want feedback I want to know how how well we were understood to people from 
an international background. Yes. Maybe English isn't your first language. In fact, there's no danger anymore. <laughs> there's just no way you're understandable <laughs> that, that whatsoever. Just not happening. So, right, there's a wee boy down the road. Yeah. He's probably about 12. I've got a zebra skin upstairs. We could go try and grab him, wrap him in it. If you film him with your phone, let's see. Yeah, and I've also heard that um, there's a ritual you can do where if you put all these clothes in a circle and about them, get me pee on them, he'll turn into an actual wheel of two. So we can go and uh, try that. Hey, I'll film it when you do that then. Right. Right, cool. Oh, 